0: You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. In this podcast, you'll hear insider tips to sidestep stress and walk into your wedding season feeling educated, confident, and empowered to discover your bridal vibe and wear it with style. Welcome to season two of Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe that we're already in season two. I took a little breaky poo because, okay, July and August were crazy sewing months, so I needed to take a solid six weeks off of recording. I definitely could not keep up with both things, (laughs) but I'm super excited to be back, and we have really fun things happening this season. Um, So in the podcast itself, and then other news that is a result of the podcast and the feedback that you've given me. So um, this season we have awesome interviews lined up featuring some uh, celebrity seamstresses. I don't know if that's a real life thing, but it's definitely a real life thing in my life because there are some bridal seamstresses that I kind of fangirl over and I'm gonna be interviewing them and I cannot wait. So we have that coming up this season and What's funny is when I first started the podcast, I had brides only in mind, right? Because I wanted to answer questions for brides and help them be prepared for the alterations process. So I've heard a lot of great feedback from brides, but I have also, plot twist, heard from so many bridal seamstresses who are DMing me and they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't know that there were other young seamstresses out there. (laughs) uh, they were just so excited to connect and I totally was too and um, they had questions they had great feedback they had awesome topics that they wanted covered and um, that kind of got me thinking about how there's a need for a community for bridal seamstresses so when I first got started sewing um, for brides um, I had a couple contacts that I could well okay it was my mother-in-law does that count I don't know (laughs) She's awesome. She's a friend. But, you know, she's my mother-in-law first. So I didn't have any other, like, business pals or people that I could you know, bounce ideas off of or talk things through. And um, that community was something that I really missed. So I've been able to build up my own uh, community with other bridal seamstresses and I want to share that gift with everyone. So I am starting an online membership for bridal seamstresses and that is launching in September. And what that'll look like is each month we'll have a different topic that we cover that directly affects your business. So whether It's mindset work, um, client communication, uh, money management, fiscal goals. Um, What we'll not be covering is the actual sewing technique because I think there's other great resources already out there that cover the sewing techniques needed to be a bridal seamstress. But what I wanna create in this community is just that, like a community, I want you to have friends in the biz. I wanna have a forum where you can chat about things that you're struggling with. I don't know if you ever had a difficult client. Um, yeah, I mean, there are very few and far between, but sometimes when you have them, you just need to bounce it off others who are in the same line of work, get some great feedback, ideas with how to deal with you know this particular client. <laughs> we'll have an open forum. We'll have a place, obviously, for you to connect with other seamstresses and learn from those who are farther ahead in their career maybe than you are. Um, Maybe there's an opportunity for you to encourage other seamstresses who are just starting out and you know you have so much wisdom and you just cannot wait to share it with people. This would be a great spot for you. Um, Also, I'll be inviting other professionals from other areas in the business world to speak each month because you know, I, I don't know everything. And let's talk about like bookkeeping, for example, okay? I hire a bookkeeper because I need to. So I'm not gonna be teaching you about bookkeeping if I know that I have to hire somebody else for it. So I'll be inviting other professionals that are really skilled in particular areas that you need to have a thriving business, and each month we'll have a different topic that we'll grow in together. There'll be coaching throughout the month, and there'll be opportunities for one-on-one coaching in addition to the online membership. So, to get everything started, we are uh, kicking off the party with a free five-day boot camp, September sixth through 10th. So that's like the first full week of September. And uh, there's a link in my bio on my Instagram, Nadine.boseman. There's also gonna be a link in the show notes here. If you want to go ahead and register, it'll be completely free. It's five days. There'll be a challenge each day. There's gonna be great giveaways, an opportunity to meet other seamstresses, and you know, just share what we're going through. This is such a huge wedding season. Like we're in the thick of it. And I just heard a friend of mine tell me that um, 2022 is going to be the busiest wedding season since 1986. I don't know what happened in 1986. Like, I don't know why everybody got married then. I mean, clearly <laughs> there's going to be this wedding rush, right? Cause we just, well, we're still kind of in the thick of COVID, but, um, but I don't know what happened in like before 1995 to lead up to this huge wedding year of 1986 but if you find out let me know what that was (laughs) but all I'm saying is we need to be prepared for the rush that's coming and so if you've ever thought about getting into bridal sewing now is absolutely the time and you can use these next few months in the fall and winter to prepare for spring and summer because that's uh, for most of us that's our busiest season so um if you want any more information, please DM me or reach out. I would love to have you in this group. I'm just envisioning this really encouraging and thriving group of seamstresses who can just grow with each other. And um, I, like I said, I, I wish that I had a more supportive community when I first got started because there are so many things that took me a really long time to figure out that maybe I could have learned faster if someone was walking alongside me and helping me, you know. I was learning things from like um, like a retail perspective, from friends who were in retail, and like I said, my mother-in-law really helped me with the sewing piece. I found some um, other leaders in social media that taught great um, actual sewing techniques. Like, so all of these little things, you know, I, I, I had resources that I found on my own, but it would have been great to have something all in one spot, so, okay. That is all for the seamstresses. If you are a bride listening, thank you for listening through all of that. (laughs) And this episode is for you. So, um, though golly, like six weeks ago, I put out a Q&A opportunity on Instagram so listeners could submit questions for me to answer. And I said that I would reach out to you and you know, confirm that I could use your name with the questions. And uh, a couple of you were like, oh yeah, sure, use my name. And uh, someone else wanted to remain anonymous. And her question was about undies so i don't blame her for wanting to be anonymous (laughs) even though i could talk about underwear all day long so but I will still keep the name anonymous. So we're gonna get through uh, three of those questions today. And I love having Q&A opportunities, so there will definitely be more opportunities for you to submit questions if um, I didn't hit your question today. Today, okay, I'm recording at night, but I don't know if you're me listening in the day, so I'll say today. Okay, moving on. So the first question comes from Katie, and she asks, when is the best time to contact your bridal seamstress? Okay, I love this question, Um, as soon as possible. So as soon as you find your dress, you wanna contact your seamstress. Even if you're thinking, okay, um, I'm starting the dress shopping process, but I know that I'm gonna get married in nine months, then contact your seamstress like nine months in advance. I would say, you know, i would say around like nine to ten months in advance is not crazy because like i just mentioned we're heading into a really busy wedding season in 2022 and i'm guessing the next few years will be really um what's the word i'm thinking of competitive to find the the vendors that you really want to work with so you may feel like oh yeah i'm not really particular about who i work with or who you know alters my wedding gown um then you know you have a little bit more time but to put things in perspective i am already booking out through 2022 so i have brides who've already contacted me they're in my books um i have a process where they'll contact me through my website and there's like a questionnaire that they fill out and you know week once we go back and forth and we confirm that they do want to work with me that they fit well in my schedule i have them in this Very organized, color-coordinated spreadsheet, and they're (laughs) totally in my books for the following year, and then I will reach out to them a few months before the wedding to actually get the fittings scheduled and started, but you want to be on your seamstress's radar because, um, oh, it's happened this year, I don't know, at least a dozen times, where brides have reached out for alterations, and I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry, but I'm totally booked, and even if I wanted to, there's no way I could have added another dress to my plate this summer so you just want to make sure that you have um you know you're secure with a seamstress you're on their radar and i feel like it's never too early to get started on that so 9 to 12 months if you're super organized and you (laughs) really want to contact them 12 months in advance you're welcome to and it also depends on the seamstress that you're working with because some seamstresses only or tailors only book out like you know six months in advance or four months but Um, I always say it's never too early and if you wait until like four months before your wedding that's where you might get into sticky situations and also um, a lot of tailors and seamstresses do have a rush fee like starting at six weeks so personally I have a rush fee at six weeks and then that that fee increases each week. So like it's gonna be more expensive if you contact me five weeks before and four weeks before. Um, just because I'm gonna have to shuffle my schedule around so much to, to help you and to get everything done in a, um, a, a stress-free environment for you. <laughs> So, so keep that in mind too, um, planning ahead can also save you money. So that was a great question, Katie. And, um, I believe that you said your wedding is in July. So, um, and you know what, you're already in my books. So, <laughs> because Katie's a local bride, <laughs> um, okay. The next question comes from Michelle and Michelle said, what was the style of your wedding dress and would you change it now if you could? Oh my goodness. This is another great question. Um, so my dress, I got married in 2012, and I know I've talked about this before. Um, the the current style in 2012 was an A-line strapless gown, satin, um, or a ball gown, all, also strapless. Uh, some dresses had a little bit of a ruching, and that, you know, kind of spiced it up a little bit. And also those pickups, you know what I'm talking about, where it's like, Uh, the skirt of the ball gown looks like a little cupcake like frosting (laughs) at least that's how it looks in my mind that was also very trendy and um, I really love that style because it looked very princessy to me but we got married in like an old uh, local mansion that had been um, refurbished is that the right word so it just wouldn't have been appropriate to get married in a ball gown dress at this house essentially so I found um what was like a destination gown, Um, basically it was a a, a chiffon A-line gown and it was a little ahead of its time because what I really wanted was lace, like cap sleeves. I wanted lace on the dress, either lace long sleeves or lace cap sleeves and it was like impossible to find that, okay? Like sleeves did not exist in 2012 and straps barely existed, okay? Um, So my dress had this, uh, it was like maybe the beginnings of an illusion neckline. And it was like a, it had a, a white mesh. I don't even know, like neckline, but it wasn't illusion because you could tell that it was fabric. So it wasn't supposed to look like my skin, but then it had this beading on top. I mean, it was very pretty. I had to buy it off the rack because we had a four month engagement and I didn't have time to order. So it was a beautiful dress. It was, um, I forget even what Um, who the designer is. Ooh, I should go back and look at that. So I'll post pictures um, in the show notes of my dress. So I I really liked it and it suited the theme of the wedding really well because once we found our venue, um, I really wanted to play up like the home wedding. Like, you know, mid-century, you'd get married in your home and everything was like um, a little more simple and like wildflowers. And I don't know, I had this vintage... Uh, look in my head. And in fact, we even asked our guests to um, wear outfits that nodded to the 1940s. (laughs) And people did it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I love my dress. If I could do it again, ooh, oh, my goodness, like, come on. I would love to plan a vow renewal just so I could wear a different outfit. I mean, let's get real. Actually, I could do a vow renewal, like, every 10 years. That would not get old for me. <laughs> It'd probably get old for my husband, but not for me. So I love okay the first these are two very different styles here but the first one that i love is um the like pantsuit option where it's like you kind of have high-rise um trousers trousers and oftentimes they're cute little pedal pushers and you wear little pumps with them and a little um crop not a crop top but yeah like a little crop jacket or a um a cropped shell. Oh, I love that. And oftentimes there's like a beautiful train behind you for a little cape for a little bit of drama. Oh, I love that. I'm loving the pantsuits and I want to see more of them because I mean, I love wearing dresses and I love wearing sundresses, but I feel like if there was some kind of like special event where like I would be the center of the event, um, I think I'd feel a little more confident in a nice pair of pants. I don't know. Um little boss babe action. So I I really like that whole trend that's coming in. So I haven't been able to work on the bridal pants set, but or pant suit. I wouldn't call it a pantsuit, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I'll let you know who that first bride is and I'll I'll feature her because that sounds awesome. I also love, okay, I don't want to say this wrong. Um, I think it's called Willoughby. Brides, is that the designer that I'm thinking of? Um, and it's this really beautiful flowy. Okay, the dress is a shell, like a. It's almost like looks like a little bit like a negligee, and then there's um, this really pretty sheer, flowy overlay thing with the billowy sleeves, and you know it looks great on tall women who are like a solid five eleven, and that is not me. I'm like 5'2". So I've also come to grips with the fact that some styles just will not look good on my body type. And that's okay, because there are other styles that will look great on my body type. But um, I can't, you know, look through Instagram and be like, oh my goodness, that is my second wedding dress. Or that renewal dress, whatever. Because oftentimes the models that I see, they are not me. And they are not... uh, (laughs) representing my body type. So um, yeah, those would be my two options if I could redo it. But I think also it really depends on your venue. Like it's so important to book your venue before you find your dress because you really want the style of your gown to fit into the venue. So, um, you know, maybe I would weigh out my options and see where this magical vow renewal is gonna happen. And then I'll find either a pantsuit or this flowy romantic pretty sparkly thing to, I don't know, be worn instead. I don't know. So I will of course keep you posted if any of that happens, but (laughs) that was a really cool question, Michelle. Okay. And the last and anonymous question about bridal undies. Let's talk about this. This is a great, great topic. In fact, I feel like this could be an entire podcast episode is literally just talking about underwear and what you wear under your wedding dress, but I'm going to try to keep this short. Um, and just kind of, uh, get the main points out. Okay. So we're going to start from the top bottom. So bras, I think I've mentioned this before in an earlier episode, do not purchase a bra before you have your first fitting with your wedding dress, because the goal is to sew in bust cups, to sew in that bust support so that you can just put the dress on and not worry about any kind of straps or strapless bras happening, um, You want it to be just all built in for you. And keep this in mind, too, that most wedding dresses, like I would say 95% of the dresses that I work on, the bust has to be taken in. Because when you uh, buy your gown, you want it to fit fit over the biggest part of your body. And for some women, it is your bust. Um, But for most women, it's either your hips or your waist. And um, the bust almost always has to be taken in. So sometimes I'll get, well, not sometimes, a lot of times I get messages from brides who are like, what kind of bra should I bring to my fitting? And I'm going to go bra shopping before I see you. And I'm like, no, don't even worry about it. First of all, Um, like formal bras or bras that would fit under formal wear are pretty expensive. And so why don't you just wait wait off on that? And you know, it's my job to not only give you bust cups, but also sew and alter the dress itself so that it fits you like a glove and you don't need a bra. Um, Not to mention too, that like most um, dress styles right now have low backs. So it's nearly impossible to find a bra that isn't gonna show through you know whether it's an illusion back or a bareback and um you just don't want to have to worry about like bra straps there's just so many of those details that you don't want to worry about and that is the job of your seamstress or your tailor to take care of for you okay we're moving our way down let's talk about spanx i kind of have a love-hate relationship with spanx because they are magical i mean i'll give you that they can transform a body okay but the question you wanna ask yourself is, does your body need transforming? Oh, that was a really good line. It probably doesn't, okay? So if you feel like, oh my goodness, I have, you know, maybe you've had an emergency, like, and you are you don't feel physically prepared. Okay, your dress doesn't zip. Okay, let me just cut to the chase. And maybe Spanx is the only thing that's gonna help you get into that dress. Okay, I understand and Make sure that you practice wearing Spanx before you commit to wearing it for your whole wedding day. If that is your final resort, okay. If you absolutely do not need to wear Spanx, I would say just don't wear them. Um, especially if you're not used to wearing them, they can be very constricting. And when you are walking into to a situation like your wedding day, where there's a lot of adrenaline going, and um, you know you're already going to be feeling so excited, you don't want anything constricting any blood flow. Okay, or causing any more dizziness, and um, Spanx can sometimes do that. So check with yourself to, okay, have you worn them before? How comfortable do you feel? Are the Spanx the right size? Because there's definitely such a thing as Spanx that are too small and too constricting. And then ask yourself, can you get away without wearing Spanx? So I recently had a bride just a couple weeks ago who, um, she had a form-fitting dress. And it fit her really well like the dress oh my gosh it's just a perfect fit on her and she had it in her mind that she should be wearing Spanx with the dress so she put the spanks on put the dress on of course the dress had like a bazillion buttons and then once we get her all buttoned up she's like oh my gosh i can't breathe i need to take this dress off and i'm like okay the dress buttoned so easily like and it zipped just fine Well, she wasn't feeling that constriction from the dress, but she was feeling it from the Spanx. So she took the Spanx off, we started over, and then she realized, okay, I can easily wear this dress without the Spanx. So, um, and then she, you know, she could breathe and move and sit and eat and all those things that humans do. (laughs) So keep that in mind. Um, And then we're gonna move on down from the Spanx to the straight up undies. Okay. I don't know how to not be gross about this, but like you sweat so much, okay, on your wedding day, especially when you have a formal gown that isn't necessarily known for being like breathable. So if you think that going undie lists or commando on your wedding day is a good idea, I would um, just ask you to reconsider. Um, I would say the same even of wearing a thong, because that's not gonna help absorb anything either. And um, as a um, girl who has thicker thighs, I know, what is it? Thigh, chub rub. And (laughs) it's so uncomfortable. And so when you're sweaty and, you know, whatever, you're going through your, um, your wedding day with all the excitement, it's you want something to absorb the sweat. It's, I know, it's kind of gross, but that's what our bodies do, and it's totally normal, and you're not weird for having this happen to you, but I would suggest buying a pair of like, um, I know they're not biker shorts, but that's what I'm envisioning, like those like snug um, shorts, and they can be nude colored, obviously. I would go nude instead of um, white. Uh, I would find something that matches your skin tone instead of buying like a white color because that's gonna be probably visible to some extent under your dress. And I'd also have you um, buy shorts that go to um, as close to your knees as possible. So that way when you're walking, no matter what the shape of your dress is, whether it's like a really snug mermaid fit or an A line, whatever the fabric is made of, um, it's not going to be visible as you walk. You know, as opposed to shorts that are like, they only come to like mid thigh, those may, may be seen as you're walking. So you'll thank me later. It's just gonna be way more comfortable if you do have coverage. And I know it's kind of like counterintuitive because you feel like, oh, well, you know, the more freedom that I have down there, the more comfortable I'll be. But that's not always the case, especially when it comes to formal wear. And, um, you know, most of us, we don't wear formal gowns very often. So we need to kind of be told these little tips (laughs) so that you're comfortable for the full, you know, eight hours that you're gonna be wearing this dress. So that was an awesome question. And like I said, I could talk about underwear all day long and uh, I need to have a full episode about bridal undies. So we'll come back to that one, but I hope that satisfies the question. Oh, there was one more thing about your undergarments, is the type of slip that you wear under your dress. Okay, so um, if you have a ball gown shaped dress or maybe you have a mermaid or like a trumpet shape and you want more of a flare, then you would want to find what's called a petticoat. And that is like a fancy word for a fluffy slip. Um, These fluffy slips have a lot of uh, layers of tulle, and that's going to add more body under your dress if that's what you're looking for. So you'll want to find a petticoat. You have to find it outside of the bridal shop because most bridal dress shops do not sell any type of undergarment whether it's like the bras or the spanks or these petticoats you'll have to find them um, online or you know go shopping for those outside of the wedding dress shop but that type of slip can really change the fit of your dress and um, it's kinda fun so if you know that you just want more volume under your skirt then um, consider a petticoat. And the difference between the two styles for a mermaid cut and a ball gown is just the shape of the petticoat. So the ball gown obviously would start kind of getting fluffy and big right from your waist and um, a trumpet petticoat would be fitted till about like your mid thigh and that's when it would start to fluff out. So um, do you like all this terminology like fluffing out and... (laughs) fluffy slips, but you know what I'm talking about. So, okay. That was the final uh, piece of undergarments that you may wear underneath your uh, dress. So I hope that helps. And um, I'm really excited for next week's episode. Okay. I'll, I'll just enjoy today's episode and then, you know, I won't give any teasers for next week, but thank you for um, coming back for season two. I am really looking forward to things that are coming. And um, as always, you're welcome to DM me if you have specific questions as a bride or as a seamstress. I would love to hear from you. And if you're interested in that boot camp coming up September 6th through 10th, or um, interested in the online membership for Bridal Seamstresses, it's also going to be called Secrets of Bridal Seamstress. So. We're just going to keep everything easy and streamlined for you. Um, Check out the link in my show notes, or you're welcome to DM me on Instagram at Nadine.Bozeman. All right, everyone, have an awesome week, and you will hear from me soon. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.